I'm Scott Abraham from ABC7 in Washington, D.C. You know who it is. Travis Thomas Experience. This is Eric at home of Yahoo Sports. This is Mitch Tischler. This is Al Galdi, and you're listening to The Big Douglas Show. All right, this is The Big Douglas Show. You know what it is. We are live on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Chris Baker's on the show today. Rapper Big Pooh is on the show today. And our special guest, Dave Zirin, is on the show today. Dave, thanks for doing this with us today. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks so much for having me. Pooh, happy belated birthday to you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. Big uh, too. birthday, brother. Thank you. You. Know, you know how I like to do it. So we will not play the full birthday game. However, I will say, did you know these famous people shared a birthday with you, Pooh? Bill Russell had a birthday same day as you. Did not know that. Christina Ricci has a birthday the same day as you. Did not know that. Uh, Redskin superfan Josh Brolin has a birthday with you. Did not know that. And all everybody will pump a fist for you. Arsenio Hall has the same birthday as you. I did know that. And I share a birthday with Gucci Mane. Uh huh. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Found that out. Yeah. Uh, let's see. A lot of going on over the weekend. I want to say thanks to everybody that sent me well wishes. You know, we laid my dad to rest in Arlington. Man, if you have never been to a funeral at uh, Arlington National Cemetery, who, buddy, they put you up in the caisson, pulled by the horses, they play taps, the twenty-one gun salute, and just to see all those headstones at Arlington. Uh, oh man, it is something. So at any rate, cool weekend uh, there for us. And then of course the Super Bowl. Uh, which did you like more of the things that happened on the Super Bowl, Dave, the game itself, halftime, or the commercials? Commercials were pretty good this year. Yeah. Wow. You're asking me to choose between desserts on the tray. Around the restaurant <laughs> depends on if I'm in the mood for some cheesecake or some creme brulee. Because I think uh, the Super Bowl checked all three boxes. To tell you the truth, I mean it was a great game. It was for once a relaxing game because I didn't have like a serious rooting interest in either team. It was more like I wanted to see Odell win a ring. Uh, I wanted to see Aaron Donald cap off the career of one of the maybe one of the two or three best defensive players in the history of the sport. And you know. I just got it. We're a Baltimore Ravens house. It just is what it is. That's my home. And uh, so seeing the Bengals win would have put a sour taste in some people's mouths. So we were rooting for the Rams, but it wasn't like hardcore or anything. Uh, the commercials, yeah, we're, we're, we're pretty dope. Uh, we could talk about them more in depth. And the halftime show, we could do a whole hour on. I wouldn't know where to begin or end. And I've actually had to rewatch it like three times because they're sending out so many different signals and messages with each act. It was it, it was truly intricate. So, um, so I, I, I'm in, I'm in a happy place post Super Bowl Sunday. My team won. The halftime show was was something I'll never forget for both better and worse. And um, and and the commercials were were good enough to keep me uh, keep me pasted to the TV. Pooh, it's interesting. Uh, you have done many a show, so I'm sure you appreciate it. They've got five minutes to set up for halftime. I mean, pulling that off just has to be an incredible feat of, like, do your job in this, right? Absolutely, man. You know, shout out to all of the crew, the production staff and the crew that, you know, put that elaborate setup together. And, uh, you know, they had the, the rug or carpet or 
mat or whatever that was laid out with the city on it and and then you know the, the stage where the houses and um just you know shout out to all the people behind the scenes man they don't they don't ever get enough love they do all of the dirty work you know they like the guys in basketball to set screens they're like defensive tackles in a way not named Aaron Donald um <laughs> you know they do all of the dirty work uh that that goes into you know what we end up seeing which was the show but the show wouldn't be possible without them so not was the show point. everything you had hoped it would be? Absolutely. You know, I, I couldn't complain at all. Um, you know, knowing how much time there is for them to actually perform, you know, you got to pretty much do a medley. Uh, you know, kind of could have guessed the songs that were going to be picked. Um, well, I could have. In fact, know, Dave did. <laughs> yeah, you know, you you, you kind of knew what was going to be picked, but you know the way they put it together how they seamlessly ran it from one thing to the next um i thought it was brilliant and it was a good representation of you know hip-hop uh and finally we got to see hip-hop on that stage people been asking and clamoring for it for years and um you know to finally see it i mean it is it's only the number one uh music genre uh so to finally see it at that stage man that was something remarkable because we probably won't see it again for a very long time <laughs> <laughs> did you did you get the same goosebumps that i did when uh when dre hit the the pop piano line i had goosebumps the whole halftime man. where yeah, the whole i mean because i'm i'm watching something i never thought i'd see right especially yeah. at a super bowl at a super bowl so i'm i had goosebumps the entire time man it was you know i haven't watched it again yet i plan on it but it, it was one of them things where you just had to take it in and really enjoy it man because like i said you don't know if you're going to see something like that again or at least for a very long time yeah i, I saw somebody post something it was like the only thing that was missing from the show was tupac walking out on the damn stage <laughs> yeah they well, said that's, that's why i put that there because i thought maybe they were going to do that hologram they, they said not. that's how you know he was gone for real because he didn't show up for this right right man. Yeah. that joint was crazy man just seeing old school 50 you know that's back when i was in high school so you know, us being from Connecticut, that's near New York. You know, we all had them little fifty cent uh, wife beater jokes. Wife, the, the G unit beaters. <laughs> the G unit beaters. <laughs> it was uh, seven million dollars per thirty seconds for the commercials. Dave, were there any that stood out to you? A lot of crypto this year. Yeah, I mean, what stood out to me is just to me, this is like the Super Bowl, the Olympics, everything rolled into one for Madison Avenue and in the advertising industry and the various companies that will pay the top firms to do the top commercial because $7 million for that real estate, you know, that's that's no joke. I mean, because here's a statistic I saw today that blew my mind. Of the top 100 watch television shows in 2021 in this country, 75 were NFL games. Incredible. Wow. Incredible. And there's no other sport in the other 25. So yeah, it's just, right. and that's right. great. So, so it's like to even compare the NFL to baseball, basketball, hockey, it's almost like a different species of sport. I mean, it's the last, you know, and we live in such a sliced and diced culture right now. Um, you know, it's so this is like the last monocultural thing that we have. You know, everybody watches the Super Bowl, everybody watches the NFL, and that's how you get a $7 million commercial out of it. And so to me, it's always really interesting because it's like the NFL 
you know, they're run by some of the wealthiest people in the country. So when I see what commercials they choose, it's almost like to me, where are they putting their bets for the future of this country, for what's going to grow? What kind of commercial partnerships are they interested in as billionaires, as people who run this multi-billion dollar entity called the NFL? What are they looking at for their partnerships? And so from that perspective, looking at things like crypto and gambling, I mean, that, that was really running the roost. And, you know, the commercials were all very creative. But when, when you strip away and think, to what are they actually advertising? You know, they're not advertising manufacture. They're not advertising, you know, things that we make in this country. It's it's they're advertising, you know, crypto, you know, which is basically making a bet with your money that you're going to make more money, you know, and, you know, gambling, which is <laughs> which is, you know, in the it's like crypto in the raw. So it's so funny to me. And we could have a whole discussion about how the NFL went from keeping people like Alex Karras and Paul Horning out of the Hall of Fame for gambling to now having a team in Las Vegas and being like DraftKings and all the rest of it. So the, the, the flip and the turnaround has been wild now that they've figured out how to monetize that stream for themselves. But I, I just found the commercials fascinating because to me, it's always like an interesting window into where the business of this country is going. They uh, they actually played a game on the field. It was uh, Cooper Cup got the MVP. I thought maybe it should have been Aaron Donald. Chris, put it into his perspective. That man was relentless. Right. I, I was trying to explain that to people last night. I was like, bro, either him or Vaughn Miller should have won MVP. But I can't I can't be mad at at uh, a Cup for getting an MVP. He had two touchdowns, nine catches for like ninety something yards. Um, so and he was all they had at that point, right? Like, I mean, right. everybody had gotten hurt was just out there. Him right, right. Catching so passes. Like force feed him the whole third, fourth quarter. And I was like, why can't they take this away? That's the only guy they have to throw to, you know. Um, but Aaron Donald was something very special. Um, he's, 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 he's the LT of our generation. It's just that he doesn't play outside linebacker. He plays defensive tackle. Um, you know, every time he gets singled up, He's bull rushing the guy back into a sack. He's causing some type of pressure. And it got to the point when they knew they really couldn't single block him. So Raheem Morris did a great job at putting fronts where they couldn't slide the center. And and then they started um they started doing a load, load right, load left, putting Von Miller, who's a spectacular pass rusher in his own right, um, and making him go one on one with the right tackle, who's probably your worst pass blocker. And it just gave them fits all second half because in the first half, you really didn't hear anything from Aaron Donald or Von Miller. You didn't hear anything. Then in that second half, they they figured out how to get that center not to slide to Aaron Donald and put Von Miller in one-on-one -on -one situations and put the offensive line in the situation where no one can help anyone. It was just man-on-man. -man. And when you put man-on-man -man with Aaron Donald, it's lights out. And I, I tweeted after the Super Bowl, I said um, – Chop club rip to win the Super Bowl. And that's all he did. That was his go-to move. He knew, hey, if I have to get a sack, this is the move that I'm going to go to. And he's done it over and over again. And um, to see him close out the, the championship game and the Super Bowl game with the quarterback pressure slash sack, you know, that's, like, I, I, that's a defensive tackle's dream. You know, then he already had two sacks and one where he just manhandled a guy, just put him right back into the quarterback. I mean, if you don't commit two to three people to Aaron Donald, your day is run. And then that gives other people's opportunities to have one-on-ones and really succeed. Floyd was able to get a few sacks. You know, Von Miller was able to get sacks just off the fact that they had to slide the protection to Aaron Donald. 
So he, he's the cause and effect for so much more than just his own stats. And and, and he made the play him. before that sack too. He stopped. Right. He stopped. Right. He stopped the runner on, on that yeah. third and one. So, yeah. yeah. So it's not even just the the pass. He's a complete player. Sometimes you get one and the other. He's a complete football player. He could play the run, and he plays the pass rush uh, at it. As high as the level that's just he made that tackle yeah. on Samaje P run. I mean, that third one's a whole different story, but I mean, right, that is a big man running the ball, and he grabbed him like, Hey, and it's like when he get his grips on you, man, it's over. I, I, I almost feel bad for the offensive lineman when they do some cheap stuff to Aaron because when he gets a hold of that face, man, I'm I think he might rip one off one day. <laughs> <laughs> and and both quarterbacks played injured. I mean, it, it yeah. they really were out there battling. It's just they didn't call anything. All game and that's until the very end off. of the game. I know that's I did. What me off about I was thinking game. about you when they did that. I said somewhere Bro, Chris is getting angry. I'm like, yo, from the from the first quarter, Jalen Ramsey, he made a great play on the goal line. But technically in our new NFL, it was a penalty. He pulled the dude jersey and came through and and and, and batted the ball down for an incompletion. The same exact play happened in the fourth quarter with the linebacker. It was it was like yeah. a it, it, mirror play. It actually wasn't even as egregious as Jalen Ramsey. Right, either. right. I mean, like, <laughs> what was the guy supposed to do? He ran like an out route, but he came into him and, and spun out. And it was like, what? how do I not touch him? Mm. Like, this is football. You have to be physical. And they called two pass interference calls back-to-back to put the Rams in position on the one-yard line first and goal. That won them the game. That yeah. won them the game. And yeah, I and yeah. I hate that officiating. They let these guys play all game long, and wait to the last minute to start calling That's a tight a, a tight game. They let you them know? play physical for fifty nine minutes, right? Or, or 50, like, 50, 58 minutes. And right. That, they look at the touchdown <laughs> that was given up by Jalen. It was clearly offensive interference or offensive face mask. So yeah. it, something, something was supposed to be called. <laughs> something. You know what I mean? But now Jalen looking like, oh, he just got torched for a 50-yard touchdown, but it just wasn't no penalty. Like, God forbid a defensive corner grabbed the offensive player's face mask and, and twerked his body to get in front so he can make an interception. They're calling pass interference every single time. And to see them let that go for a touchdown and then in the fourth quarter get ticky-tack with a linebacker who just made a great batted ball, like, come on, bro, are you like these guys play or not? Yeah. I would just throw, throw in that the the player who got called Logan Wilson, he mm-hmm. was an outside uh, contender for MVP of the entire game. Yeah. Uh, if the Bengals had won, he had nine tackles that game. He was all over the field. He was playing a flawless game. So the he idea was. to make some big screw up at the end, it just doesn't track with how he played the previous fifty eight minutes either. Right, because he's he he probably played that route the same way all game and never got called. Exactly. And now the biggest moment of the game, the referees just take over, man. I hate to see that because I felt like uh, Cincinnati defense was going to force the Rams to a fourth down play, must have it. And would they have converted? I doubt it because they knew just to double up uh, Coop and let everybody else win their matchup. And I don't think they really had any favorable matchups outside of Cup. So it was just like it changed the whole game. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's why you have – People online yelling, I told y'all sports is rigged. Right. <laughs> I told right. y'all it was rigged. Right. They wanted LA to win in LA. I told y'all they it was rigged. 
Right. It also shows you the you just have to have a quarterback to win. I mean, the Rams gave it all up for Stafford. And well, it paid off. so somebody might somebody may argue you need a defensive line to win because that's what ultimately won the game. Yeah. Defensive line play. Yeah. I, yeah. I can't imagine our resident defensive lineman feels this way. I'm done. <laughs> well, I mean, I'd want to ask Chris, you know, have you ever seen an interior defensive lineman like Aaron Donald? I mean, to me, it's like he reminds me of like Warren Sapp at his best, except he's Warren Sapp at his best every single game. Right. And, uh-huh. it's, and every single play. Every yeah. single play. Yeah, I've never seen that level of consistency. I mean, I grew up like the biggest Lawrence Taylor fan you've ever met in your life, like jerseys, posters, everything. And even though I love Lawrence Taylor, he was hit or miss because he might've been partying a little too hard the night before and <laughs> and have to be basically wheeled out onto the field. And then the next game he gets four sacks, causes two fumbles and is just a holy terror. It just feels like Aaron Donald, the consistency is so admirable to his game. Yeah, man, I, I, I admire him. For as many plays as he plays, you know, year in and year out, he's continuing to be one of the top guys who has to get playing time and playing 80, 90% of the plays and to keep his body in the type of shape that you have to do that and be, I don't believe he misses games. You know what I'm saying? So he's always healthy. He's always available to play and he's always playing hard. And that's really hard to see at the defensive tackle position, especially as brutal as the game is. And he's doing it at like 280, right? I mean, right. that's the he's crazy not, thing. He's not even one of the largest guys. You know, he's he's, he's like a little pit bull out there. 285 pounds of muscle. And he just goes after it. And he's one of the best players that uh, the NFL has ever had. Yeah. You had to – your heart had to break for Odell because he was killing the first half. He was going to be Super Bowl MVP, man. He was. I mean, it was he just was charting that way. They had no answer for him. And I, I'm – Sure, we all guessed it. I saw this morning the ACL for him. Oh, um, you you knew you knew it as soon as you saw it. I, oh yeah, definitely. I, I tweeted out I said no contact. Ooh, yep. like yep. you knew it as soon as you saw it. And I was, and then before I could get to it, a whole bunch of players started tweeting out, you know, about how they hate turf. Like, and you know, this is part of the problem with turf. It doesn't give. It's like that, that no turf give. needs to be gone from every NFL stadium. I don't know, like. With, with all the technology and information that we have um, on how bad turf is for our bodies, for our knees, like, why allow teams to build this stuff inside NFL stadiums? You know what I mean? And I, I wouldn't even put it in practice stadiums. You know, it's just mm-hmm. like our, our sport is so brutal and one bad step can end a person's career. So it's like, why not give us the best surface possible, especially with the amount of money that we generate in this league? We should have the studies done on what is the best surface for NFL players to to play and practice on. And right. that should be implemented in every single facility and every single game field. What is it about it, Chris? Is it the substructure underneath that fake grass? Or I mean, what is it that's so bad for the ligaments, do you know? Don't get me talking about science and grass. Uh, I, I don't know, man. But something's not right about it. Yeah. And people just continually get hurt over and over and over. I remember, like, guys used to really – get hurt on our field in Washington. Like, that's where a lot of major knee injuries happened. Adrian Peterson got hurt in that game. Um, Alex Smith tore his leg up in that game. Um, so, so many good players messed up their bodies off the grass. You know what I mean? Um, and it, it really sucks. Um, the NFL makes way too much money not to put the science behind 
uh, why it shouldn't be in the NFL, but for some reason they're keeping it. Uh, you know, we're in 2022 and Los Angeles just built that new stadium and they still have the same turf that's messing up people's needs. And why is that allowed? I have no clue. Yeah, it, it is. It is shocking. And it's a great point. Like we, we saw so much about the stadium. Right. I mean, the stadium was practically one of the stars of the show yesterday. You know, however many billions of dollars they're talking about it and being this mecca for all 32 NFL teams and all the different attractions and they skimp on the turf. Right. The turf. <laughs> the turf. Which 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 stadium is it? Is it Las Vegas or is it Arizona where they built it? So the the turf, they it is real grass, but they, they do roll it both in. of them. It's both of them. OK. Yeah. It's like I, I thought Los Angeles would do something similar. Like, why why yeah. didn't you build something you can roll back in? Especially in with the weather grass. out there. That's that's well, good. I was gonna say yeah. it's that yeah, right. It should be easy to snow. grow grass in California. Right. You ain't gotta worry about snow and cold weather. <laughs> Man. And, and and you would think it'd be cheaper to grow grass. You right. lay sod down, you fertilize it, and you put water on it. That's kind of and, and how God intended it. And manage it. And, uh <laughs> Pooh, you got you you believe McVeigh when he says he's gonna retire? No. <laughs> no. Football out there, right? You know, I, I understand the you know, he he's he's getting married uh this offseason, I believe it is, or just got married, one or the yeah. one or the other. But you know, I so I, I understand the pool, but you know, this, this football is a powerful drug, man. Like, you know, it's it's gonna be hard, especially after you coming off the high of winning the Super Bowl. Um, I think you may see, you know, as you know, as the team, because eventually they don't have any draft picks. Um, they trading all the way their draft capital. So as these guys begin to age out and and you know eventually retire, and the Rams are going to get worse. Uh, you know, I believe I'll believe at that point he may think about taking a break. But um, you know, until they're, until they're not contenders anymore, I don't I don't see it. I don't see it happening. The quote the quote was. I have a hot ass wife, and I want Philip Rivers level kids. <laughs> Man, he about ten years behind. Philip got yeah. right, right. Philip started in college, baby. <laughs> <laughs> he was pumping him out of college. For real, yeah. You saw uh, Skip Bayless went after Sean McVay after the game, big time, saying he's an egomaniac. He's trying to get his face in on everybody else's interviews. He's photobombing Aaron Donald. He's photobombing Von Miller. Uh, I don't know. I think when you win the Super Bowl, you can do pretty much whatever you want. You're you can do whatever you want, man. You are forever I think that's, royal. You know, I didn't like that criticism. I was like, nah, he's, but he's just that kind of guy. He's like an amped, motivational speaker kind of dude. Yo, like, he's 36 years old. He's the same age as some of his, you know, <laughs> older vets. You know what I mean? So it's like, hey, I'm one of the guys for real, for real. Like, all the other coaches are kind of disconnected because – they're 20, 30 years older than us, but Sean is the same age as all of us. I'm two He's years older than my quarterback. I'm two right. years older than my quarterback. Right. Yeah. I don't think you can technically photobomb if you're the head coach either. Yeah. Right. Skip Bayless. There's nothing you can do wrong at that point. Nothing. I, I just don't see if if this is if you're a football guy and he comes from a football family like so many of these young coaches do, and you've been to two Super Bowls by age 36. You're on a track for some legendary status at that point. You know he doesn't. Yeah, have I mean, to he's a Hall of Famer, right? Even if he did retire, he'd be a Hall of Famer, right? No, 
No, no, I don't know about that. No, nah. no, he made it to one I Super Bowl. Two, he's made it to two Super Bowls. In I'm four saying years. He, he, he only he won, won one. He, won. he only got what six years of coaching. Five, five. Yeah, hell no, he's not no Hall of Famer. Yeah, he's had a great start though. <laughs> Is Matthew gotta... Stafford a Hall of Famer? No. Ah, uh, yeah. What? I I gotta go look up them Detroit numbers. Them Detroit yeah. years. It's I know put up numbers with Calvin Johnson, but you know they always talk about our quarterbacks winners. And if you think Just of Matt Stafford, you don't think of a winner. And and his stats pale in comparison to somebody like Matt Ryan, who I don't think is a Hall of Famer. Right. And Matt Ryan. Well, if, if Matt Ryan, if they didn't lose that Super Bowl, and Matt Ryan wins the Super Bowl, then he's probably he's a, a Hall, Hall of Famer. Famer. Yeah. That's right. Maybe <laughs> Super Bowl is a lot when you talk about quarterbacks. I mean, Eli Eli did make it. And you know, because he got them two rings, I don't think he would have made it. I, well, he ain't making. If you don't win, he's going to make, make it. If he don't make those two Super Bowl wins against Tom Brady, we won't have the discussion about Eli right. being a, a Hall of Fame no quarterback. Way. Right. But they, the I, fact I, that he beat Tom Brady twice that that just puts him in it. And he's always been like a top ten quarterback, but never the best quarterback while he played. But. Yeah, he's definitely going to the Hall of Fame. Also, who thought Eli would turn into a uh, you know a commercial darling? Because those commercials oh, he does are great. The, those things are great. That was a given. Look at his brother. He just followed in his brother's footsteps. I mean, I saw it with Peyton. I didn't. I didn't. I don't necessarily think I saw it with Eli. But those, yeah, JB, those JB Smooth commercials are. I, th- are great. I think all the Coopers. I mean, all the uh, all the Manners got a uh, personality. Uh-huh. <laughs> right, right. He just didn't show his until he was done playing. Right. And they, they said Cooper was the best of them, but the injuries. Mm. Yep. As a wide Just receiver. Yeah. yeah, he was a wide receiver. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> now his son might be the best of them. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yes. Arch. 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 Yeah, Arch. The future bulldog, Arch Manning. It's so funny because they all came through the same, actually very small private school in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. And I'm blanking on the name of it, but it, it's like not a school of big-time competition, not – necessarily a program that sends people but the mannings you know assumedly through the coaching of archie like they come through this school and they're you know top recruits in the college and number one draft picks in the nfl i mean i think sometimes we don't take a step back and look at how remarkable that story is that you can have a family to produce quarterbacks like it's like it's nothing right 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 it's a factory yeah and um, I, I gotta say, I remember reading this article about Peyton when he was at Tennessee, and there was a whole—it was in Sports Illustrated—and there was a whole section about Eli, who was still in high school, about him being the funny Manning and just cracking everybody up. And Peyton would try to be all serious in interviews, and Eli would like, you know, do do all kinds of stuff to crack him up. So it was almost like it was there, and then he buried it, and now it's back out again. I mean, yeah, you know, like Eli was probably the goofy brother because that's exactly just he's just goofy. Exactly. So he probably just kept a super professional. You uh, had to in New York, back in New York, you know, New York, yeah. you're under so much scrutiny. So even if you try to be the super corny guy, it's not funny, corny, then you know, they're going to talk about you bad in all the tabloids. So he probably just hit it as far as long as possible. But now he can just do whatever he wants, and you know. Mm-hmm. Everyone's going to love it, no matter how corny it is, no matter how non-funny it is, because it came out of a Manny's mouth, it's going to be funny and people are going to smile. <laughs> who, the, who the report is, the uh, NFL owners are tired of Snyder. Do you think we've got any traction moving on this thing? Listen, unless Snyder has the ultimate 
blacklist folder with all of their dirt in it, I know they're tired because every few months it's another Snyder bomb. And I think the most the thing we have to look at here is is, is bigger than just Snyder's indiscretions, right? It's what's the scrutiny that Snyder puts the other owners under when he when the Congress has to get involved, when you know just the whole uh okay okay we got this new thing and i'm gonna hire a private investigator to investigate it's like oh what you you can't investigate yourself didn't we just go down this road with the beth wilkinson report or non-report or whatever so um i just think that at this point the nfl is under too much man you you have snyder every six months it's a new snyder bomb then you have the brian flores suit that's that's happening simultaneously and the NFL can't keep taking all these shots. So the easiest thing at this point is for them to say, okay, Snyder, you done this one too many, man. Like, cause it was always going to have to be the owners, the other owners that Correct. get fed up. And I think they're getting to the point was like, look, man, you, you drawing too much attention to us. Like we, we can't operate like we operate with all this attention. You keep drawing and all this scrutiny you keep putting us under. And I, I, I can see them finally saying, look, man, you got, he got to go. Like, Yo, with the kind of money that's being thrown around with these guys, bro, if Dan Snyder is going to get uh, his team taken off by uh, the allegations and stuff, I'm pretty sure he got some dirt on a lot of more people. He's going to be like, hey, you know it. if you let me go, I'm telling your news too. I'm, ta- I'm, taking, I'm taking about 15 of y'all and, down and with me. check yeah. my emails, I want you to check every owner's emails and see what kind of language we're all using. Like it's uh, it's, it's gonna get ugly if that happens, bro. So that's I, I that's I think that's been the slippery slope this whole time why they've been quiet right. because they know what it means. Everybody got dirt on everybody. It's like right the the emails and stuff that John Gruden had had you know that was that was the good boys language. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how they right. spoke to each other. You know what I mean? So that's why he it's like you. Like, we all know today anything you send through text messages or, or email is all him. traceable. Here he felt him. that comfortable to, to type whatever he typed because that's how they spoke on a day-to-day basis. It wasn't yeah. like it was some, oh, he would never say this ever in his life. They all spoke like this. So that's why he's like, you know what? Why do I, How about I expose everybody? Because I'm not the only one in here talking like this. You know what I'm, I mean? So In the John Gruden suit. Forgot all about that one. Right. <laughs> We have that one as well. Right. So, so it's like you want to talk about my emails. Let's 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 open up everyone's emails so we can see how we all really talk to each other. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's there to be done. It is interesting though. We've saw with Jerry Richardson in Carolina that when Roger Goodell and the NFL want to get rid of somebody, they can do it very quickly. To the point of which one day it's like, ooh, scandal with Jerry Richardson. Next day he's gone. They sold that that quickly. And so it says something that they're so tentative around Snyder that, you know, Roger Goodell steps so pardon the expression gingerly around Snyder. You know, he doesn't want to upset Dan Snyder. And then you think about it and you're like, why wouldn't you care about upsetting Dan Snyder? And it's like, there, there, there has to be reasons, you know, it's not because they're such good buddies. Dan Snyder is vindictive. Yeah. Come on. He, he sued. He is the Sioux King. Okay. Yes. He, yep. he, he will not go quietly in the night. Jerry Richardson and, just just went quietly. He said, "Okay, I'm out. Okay, I'll yeah. sell the team." Dan Snyder ain't going out like that. 
It's not happening. Spies that it's kept. Bruce probably got a lot of secrets too, so he's not even out of the equation. You know, <laughs> you know yeah. that. Well, I remember if there if there was nothing in the report, they would have released it, right? Dan would have right. given it out like right. candy because all this goes away if you just right. give the report and there's nothing in there. I'm but in fact, you. if you believe the guys, uh, the junkies from 106.7, there's no reason not to. That Beth Rick Wilkinson report said if it was up to her, she would suggest that Dan sell. So that's mm -hmm. why that thing's not getting leaked and apparently those guys on 1067 have been given the you know cease and desist we're talking about that so yeah. if there's nothing in it, if there was nothing in there it would have it, been too easy to make this go away by releasing it right yeah absolutely well fellas it's been great to kick it with you guys and now we're at the point where i got to go pick up my daughter from school so no no problem but you have the movie coming out yes yeah, I got a movie coming out uh, in the spring called Behind the Shield, NFL at the Crossroads, that looks at a lot of the issues that some of which we've talked about today, about how the NFL is operating at this uh, critical point in this country's uh, history. So maybe when it's out, I'd love to come back. I'd love to send you guys copies. Uh, Absolutely. I looked at the trailer and this, I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I'm <laughs> ready. Right. I'm ready. I'm ready to watch. I'm ready. Appreciate yeah. you all. Thank That's you, Dan. We appreciate you. Thank you. Have a good one. That was great. Uh, well, gentlemen, I guess uh, we'll see you guys on. Well, here, why well, I got you here, Pooh, real quick. What do you think about the trade they made, the Wizards made at the deadline? It needed to happen. Um, I was surprised, though. I wasn't. If you if you look at all of the people that they trade, that the Wizards traded, it 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 confirms, I mean, what we all knew. Uh, they was having a lot of problems in the locker room, and they traded everybody who had the issues in the locker room um, because you just see the way they play after, uh, after the trade, like wins, losses, it doesn't even matter at this point. But if you look at the way they're playing now, the ball yep. moves around, they're playing with energy, they're cheering for each other. Everybody kinds of slide into their role. They know their role. They're not arguing over shots. They're not. So all of the people that they traded away, are the people when when these veiled comments come up from Bertans and KCP and whoever, yeah. they're talking about the guys that's gone. <laughs> like, that's right. I mean, and then we all saw Dinwiddie. He was, you know, he was he wasn't long for Washington. Um, we could see it the way he was playing on the court. Talk about being wrong. I really thought he was going to be a fit, and they were going to, you know, I was I was excited. On that one. I, man, was, I hope dude. the Wizards get it together, man. Turn it back around like they had at the beginning of the season, man, because. I, I think Anytime I mean they're doing good. You know, it's a good thing for Washington. You know, yeah, like, yeah. The they don't have the uh, they don't have they the were. star power now. Um, with Brad obviously out and KP not not playing right now, but I, I think that you know I think next we're gonna have to talk about next year. But I think next year, <laughs> um, by giving them young guys the, the the time and experience that they need, um, to figure out either if they're going to be here long-term or get their value up to move them in the off season, you know, you got a winner in Kuzma, but they have to find a point guard, not a like a table setting point guard. Right. Like not a guy, not a score that they're trying to make into a point guard. They have to find an actual legitimate point guard because when Ish Smith, he's just, you know, his talented is limited, obviously, but when he got in the game, you saw it. You saw it's like, yo, this is what they need. Somebody that can do this. So um I, I think 
I think the trade was good for different reasons, but I, I think it was something that had to be done. And unfortunately, Tommy Shepard has the Ernie Grunfield uh, stank on him right now, whereas you cleaning up your own mess. <laughs> so we can't give you props for that. But uh, if if Kristaps Porzingis um, is even relatively healthy, man, I, I think yeah. I think it's going to be it's going to go down as a, as an awesome trade for Washington right. down right. the line. Quick question. Go ahead. What do you guys think of uh, this John Wall situation? Man, I feel sorry for John, man. Like, did they, did, they, did they buy him out or no? What What's the what's the latest? Nothing yet. Yeah. It's, it's, They're saying he was going to buy him out and then he'd go to L.A., right? Is that the last thing that I heard? Well, I don't know. I, John Wall ain't giving back none of that money. None, so not that, a none. Right. So that's that's the problem. Should buy it. Should no, no, it should he. He earned he earned every yeah. every last cent. Um, I it's one of them things with Wall that you know when he got traded to Houston, it wasn't supposed to be a rebuild, and he ended up right. on the rebuild, and right. then they didn't have any use for him. But he makes so much money that the only other person they can legitimately trade for him for is Westbrook, which they didn't do. Because they the Lakers didn't want to attach their only draft pick in the next five seven years right. uh, to the trade. That's how bad Westbrook had you had you days. seen the Chase Hughes report about that uh, Wall and Westbrook thing? No, no. What was his report? It it didn't happen, but he said that a guy down in 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 Houston who didn't want his name to be used suggested that when if Wall ended up going to L.A., they could have sent. Russell Westbrook back to Houston. Oh, Russell, Russell would have taken the buyout, and they came and, back to Washington. And they came back to Washington. Yeah, no, Bill wouldn't have wanted that. Of course, Bill got hurt like the day before that happened too. So, at this point, you're just hoping for a lottery pick, right, and draft a an actual point guard. But this is the problem with that, right? Because I went, just... I went and looked at the standings. Yeah. The Wizards are like the 11. They have the, like, out of the worst records, they're 11. So they're closer to a play-in than they are to a top four pick. So and, they have the, the and they have the easiest schedule going down the stretch, I think. But that's the, that's the caveat. They have the easiest yeah. schedule going yeah. down the rest of the season. But I know how the business goes. These owners are paying the coaches to lose for draft spots. Not Taylor Leonsis. <laughs> Not Taylor Leonsis. Yeah. Yeah. Taylor Leonsis said he'll never tank. Yeah, he means <laughs> And he damn sure ain't going to pay to do it. No, nah, what's right. that? Right. Not getting his 100000 a game to tank. Uh, right. <laughs> you know? So I, so I, I think it's going to be interesting for them um, because unless, you know, they don't make the playoffs or the play-in and, and, and you know, unless they get lucky – with a ball bounce, they'll be picking around number nine again, and this is a, this is a like top four, top five draft where where there there's legitimate difference makers, as they say. I haven't really watched college basketball this year yet, but the difference makers are one through four or one through five, depending on how you look at a couple of guys. And if you're picking nine, now you're looking at another project. So um, it's one of the things I'm like, hey, look, just go out there, play hard. You know, if you win, you win. If you lose, you lose. Like at this point, like this, right. you know. And be excited too- for Przingis. If he is happy, that is a about as close to an elite player as we've had on this team in a long time. Because that guy's got 
better than Bill potential, right? He's been an all-star. Yeah. So they said, go get Bill another all-star. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they went and got him. He he just can't stay on the floor. <laughs> like, well, that's the thing. Yeah, hopefully he gets healthy. Hopefully it just takes some time to heal up and just get himself right. Probably got to change your diet something. like You got to figure out something. Hey, when you, when you seven three, man, them knees and them feet, bro, they're gonna they're gonna be a problem for your whole career. But right. I think I think they're doing a good thing by keeping him off the floor right now because he mm-hmm. he said he's ready to play. But I think they're just gonna slow walk it. They probably let him play a couple games, have him on a minutes restriction, just so they can kind of see what he looks like in the offense. But I, I don't think he's gonna do too much playing down the stretch. I think they want to get. They got to get all the information they can on these young guys and Thomas Bryant because, you know, he's a free agent and, um, you know, up for another deal. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I, I just enjoy watching them play again. I'll tell you that because from November, midway through November until the trade deadline, man, that it was, it was not aesthetically chore. pleasing. No, it was a chore. It was right. a chore watching them right. game. So now I can it's just gross. get back to enjoy watching the Lakers um, soap opera. <laughs> all right fellas well be nice to you ladies today and remember it's valentine's day not valentine's day <laughs> <laughs> absolutely it depends on what it, it depends on what community you came from because it, it all just rolls together Valentine's <laughs> <Right>. day. <laughs> oh man absolutely. all right fellas i'll see y'all next week all right y'all have a good one all right